Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Katie is the founder of Moon Body Soul, a company focused on promoting self-love through self-care rituals inspired by the healing energy of the moon. She creates all-natural bath and body products, provides crystals for healing, is a certified yoga instructor, runs a podcast, moon circles, and guided meditations. Her passion is inspiring others to heal themselves through mindful movement and self-love practices. About three years ago, she was going through a very rough time with an accident that left her injured, and at the same time, doctors discovered an underlying autoimmune disorder affecting her thyroid. She decided it was time to cut out everything toxic in her life that she was putting into and onto her body. She realized how incredibly toxic the ingredients were that the usual care products had, so she worked tirelessly to come up with the most natural and healing recipe, which was the origin of Moon Body Soul. With her love for the moon and self-care, she's held in-person new moon circles for women across LA for the past two years and now digitally online. Katie believes leading women through meditations, light movement, journaling, and intention setting is a powerful practice of self-care. Her classes are inspired by the energy of the cosmos with a focus on sacred alignment and breath work. Today, we talk about the importance of rituals, crystals, and all sorts of self-care. Please welcome Katie to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I am your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we are talking with Katie Tyner of Moon Body Soul, and I'm super stoked because she is a podcast host. She does yoga classes, guided meditation, new moon circles. Uh, she mines crystals and <laughs> has like wonderful, awesome, like ritual stuff that we can get into. Say hi to everybody. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am like a really big fan of your podcast, particularly your solo episodes. So sorry if anyone else out there like me loves when you just talk, but here I am. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, so I met you on Instagram and it was just kind of like a happy crossing of paths of alignment of, of things. And so I've been super interested. Um, you make some of the most delicious like bath bomb kind of stuff <laughs> like um tell people kind of your background what it is that you do and how you got there yeah so like you mentioned I do a lot maybe a little bit too much but I have a lot of passions <laughs> but uh, okay. the bath the bath part of my story started about um five years ago now I was going through a lot of health issues I had uh found out I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis I had sustained an energy injury to my hand. I was just struggling with a lot of stuff health-wise and body-wise. So I got really curious about what I was putting on my body, what I was eating, what I was soaking in. And I noticed that bath bombs, I could only find like a 95% natural bath bomb. And I was like, I wonder why that is. I'm going to make one that's natural. That won't be hard. And turned out it was pretty hard. <laughs> Most yeah. of the ingredients in those bath bombs are like solely to hold the thing together and not meant to help your skin at all or your body. So 
I went into research and had a thousand failed recipes. It took me an entire year, like almost to the day of testing these recipes. And finally I cracked the code. So that was my first passion was like, I'm going to make a natural wine. This can't be that hard. And then, um, yeah, it evolved. And so we have bath bombs, we have soaks, we have body scrubs, but I really just wanted to find something I felt like I couldn't find on the market already. Everything had dyes in it, mm-hmm. um, fake scents, really. Yeah. You yeah. know, you, you've seen them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, like, um, so, so the whole deal was, is that, uh, Katie ended up sending me, uh, like a, like essentially a sample box of, of things. And it was like the most luxurious bath I had ever been in. And so today, actually guys, we're talking about rituals and like, I'm a huge ritual person. And so like my bath time is very sacred to me as an empath, the time to like, I need the salts and I need the soaps and I need all this stuff. Um, I have chronic dry skin. And so like, I got out of that bath feeling like a fucking queen. Cause like also, cause my skin was super, super soft, but like, we can talk about the the aesthetic things of it, but like, let's go into the spiritual. Yeah. Um, and the deeper reasoning, um, you know, behind why this was so important to you that these things were natural and then maybe expand a little bit more on like how you're into crystals and, and, and sustainability and things like that. Yeah. So the, the bath time for me has always been super sacred. I, I'm trying to remember like way back, even when I was in like middle school, like I loved just taking baths. I've always enjoyed just like the solitude of being in the water. I think there's something so healing about water in general. um, And it's connected to the moon, like living now close to the ocean, getting to see how it affects the moon is just how the ocean is affected by it is just mind blowing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And our bodies are just like that. They're made up of water. So I think us being in that healing space where everything is in more of a flow, uh, you can, you can kind of tap in a little bit easier, or at least I can. Yeah. Um, So spiritually, like a bath and being in water in general is just such a cleansing healing place for me to be. Um, Yeah. I I feel like you probably feel that way too. When you said you were a bath queen, that's when I was like, I need to send you some samples. (laughs) I need your feedback. Yeah. Like, cause when I, when I am as an empath and I get overwhelmed, I need, I need to be able to get into water. Um, I, I, even though I love my city, I hate being landlocked because I can't be near a, like a large body of water. Oftentimes in order to feel that clarity and cleansingness, I'm also a cancer. So there's that, but water signs shout out. Um, so (laughs) uh, for you, like, in this process, as you started to look and find what it is that you wanted to uh, create as a product, let's dig a little bit deeper into your own spiritual journey and, and what brought you to this place. Why are you holding meditations and rituals and bath things and crystals? And um, what's a part of the deeper part of the background of your story that got you there? That's a really good question. I feel like, so for the first part of my life, I was almost a completely different person. Uh, I was so high strung, so, so like angry almost. I had a lot of anger. I don't know if it stemmed from my childhood and things I went through and trauma experience, but I was just so angry. Just a simple drive from like my apartment to uh, my university, like in pretty much in my freshman year of college is when I was realizing like, damn, I don't think it has to be this hard. Mm. Like I don't need to be screaming at people. And I was just really high strung. And that year I experienced um, shingles. I experienced Mm. stomach ulcers. I experienced hair loss. I experienced like unexplained rashes. And every time I went to the doctor, they would just say, this is all stress induced. 
I'm like, why, why am I under this much stress? Why are things so difficult? Um, and my mom had always been into yoga. My Nana actually saw her neighbor practicing yoga in the seventies next door. And she lived in Oklahoma and her neighbors were from Los Angeles, I think. And they were practicing this weird workout, she said, and she went and talked to them. And so she went and bought a book on yoga and she started practicing and she kind of taught my mom. And so when I was in high school, my mom was leading yoga classes in our tiny town in Kansas. And uh, Wait, I always just thought it was from Kansas? weird. Yes. Yeah. What? I'm from a very small that? town in Kansas. I knew you were in Kansas City and I was like, girl, I went to KU. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Crazy. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. But yeah, so my tiny town in Kansas was like 2,000 people. My mom was leading yoga, full moon yoga classes. I think people thought she was probably weird. I thought she was weird in mm -hmm. high school. I was like, I'm not going to go to yoga. I went to like one or two classes, did not understand why breathing was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then once I experienced all those issues and had straight up panic attacks, my first college test, like I just could not hang. Um, my mom said, I'm buying you a membership to do yoga. Like you need to try it. Like you need something. So I got a membership for yoga. I went and saw a psychologist and uh, everything kind of changed from there. And within like a very short time, within a few month period, my sisters who know me the best my whole life, they were like, you are a different person. Like what happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just found so much so much healing and learning how to breathe and how to calm my mind that was always attaching things to problems. Um, I, I was on some antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. And then once I started really getting deeper into yoga, um, I slowly weaned off of those, but I realized that, I mean, they definitely helped me. They helped me with the transition. I never put anyone down for taking any sort of medication. Yeah. But for, for me, they also made me super sleepy and um, yeah, they just, it wasn't, it wasn't that great. And then the moment I found that I could do it through breath work, through moving my body, um, finding peace in other ways, I slowly weaned off of those. And I just wanted to share with everybody, like, have you tried yoga? Do you know what this can do for you? <laughs> do you know how powerful your breath and uh, your own body are? Like how you can move energy? And I just wanted to share it with everybody. So shortly after that, I got certified in yoga teaching just from my, uh, from KU, from the college rec center. They had a, a teacher come in and do a training and I did it. And then I started teaching right away. And I really just didn't shut up about it. I wanted to share with everybody. <laughs> so you created, you created this ritual for yourself and some type of routine yes. that allows you to get closer and in touch with your body and your breath to be able to essentially sustain or, um, clear what it is that you were like the anger, the buildup of those feelings you were feeling, right? Yes, definitely. It just felt like a way that I could actually deal with the dailiness of life. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this hard. This is easier. And talking to a psychologist really helped me too. Uh, just having someone really hear you out. And one time she said to me, wow, you worry a lot. You, you really sound like you worry a lot. That must be tiring. And just yeah. her saying those words, that must be tiring. I was like, it is fucking tiring. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like it is tiring. And just having her say that and like validate it and yeah. make it sound like you, you don't have to be doing that. Um, it really helped me. Yeah. There is, um, I think it's such a beauty when, whenever we find something that works for us and something that like 
really kind of resets us in some kind of way. And so like rituals to me at first, like the first time I heard about rituals, it was like, Ooh, this is some kind of witchy satanic. Like everybody would always talk about rituals. Like it was something bad in, in context growing up for me anyway. Um, but now it's something that I look forward to. It's something that I'm like, I have a practice of some sort. And so what ritual obviously like go for those of you guys who are listening, like your rituals can be anything. It can be your morning routine. It could be your meditation. It could be your drive to work. When you decide to go to the scenic route, like there could be something that you do in your day that you've essentially ritualized as your, your means of reset to be able to get into uh, a space that feels good energetically for you. Um, so what do you do that, that essentially embodies that, like, yes, you, you have yoga, but are there any other practices that you do that even feel more mystical or like, do you have certain rituals around certain times of the month or like dig into that for me? Definitely. And I think what you said there, you said ritual practice. And I think that word practice is super important because mm -hmm. it's something that you like never are going to just be like, oh, I did it. And that's parts over or I mastered it. It's, it's an evolving practice and you have to come back to it over and over. But like you said, it could be just your drive to work. It could be something you do every day. But when you set that intention behind it, it changes it. It makes mm -hmm. it more sacred. And I think that for me personally, the biggest ritual that I've at least been able to keep over the last five years, more than that actually, has been uh, new moon circles and, and working with the moon. And that at first I was like, okay, wow, I didn't know the moon was new every 29 days or whatever it is. And then realizing, oh, wow, that's like really in sync with my cycle. Mm -hmm. My own personal bleeding cycle is matched up with the moon, although sometimes it shifts from new to full, but that's a whole nother thing. But I was realizing, wow, we really are like in tune with this. And yeah. I, I really did think astrology was kind of out there and horoscopes were just like some lady typing up something. I don't know. I just like <laughs> never really saw the validity in it until I tested it for myself. And I found a yoga teacher that was really into astrology and every class I would go to, I would just start to kind of test it out on myself. And I remember this one yoga class, it was cancer, which I'm a cancer rising. So mm -hmm. throw you on the water side. Yeah. But it was a cancer full moon. And I went to this yoga class and the entire class, I was bawling as I was practicing in a room full of people. And I'd never really done that before, but I was just letting it happen. And then at the end, she started talking about how it was the cancer full moon. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, click. <laughs> so that was the first kind of experiment with it. Yeah. And then I attended a few new moon circles here in LA and I just, I loved that it, it was a way to kind of check in every month. Mm -hmm. And it didn't have to be this like very rigid thing that you had to follow something. It was really just a time and space to kind of put everything else on pause and to ask yourself some questions and to like really sit with the energy and sit in the silence. And that's what the new moon kind of is for me. It's the moon's gone from the sky. It's said that it's dark, the veil is thin, and you can easily access your intuition easier. Mm. So I, I've set, I've done that for the past five plus years and it is really cool to look back in my journal. I've always wanted- You lead them now, don't you? I do. Yeah. I've been leading them for probably four years now. Can you tell some of our listeners might not know what a new moon circle is. So what does that entail? Yeah. So the circles um, for me and for the, what I lead, they're literally just a group of 
women are, I let anyone come into my circles, but ritualist or in the past, historically, women would gather. Um, some called it a red tent, but every culture was a little bit different. But they would either gather to bleed and you would get invited in when you'd have your first menstrual cycle. Um, but it was just a sacred place for, for mainly women to come together, but anyone is welcome to come into my circles. They're just a place where you sit and uh, I love the sharing and the discussing. So once they moved virtually for the pandemic, uh, I only invite like less than 20 people in because I want to have that face-to-face connection. In Mm -hmm. person, we sit in the literal circle and we go around and talk and it's an open environment. There's no hierarchy. I'm not there to teach or preach in any way. It's just a way to have a conversation and anyone can jump in at any time. We discuss the astrology happening. Uh, we do meditation, um, definitely a little bit of breath work or movement, and then some sort of ritual that has to do with the current astrology. So if it's a fire sign, we've done fire meditations. Um, we burned things. Uh, water sign, we drink tea. Um, just ki- kind of to go yeah. along with the astrology, but every single one has its has its different flavor to it. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's really interesting. You said something about like all us, all of us coming together to bleed. And interestingly enough, so there's something on my stories right now, and um, this will be about a week late uh, as far as the, when it, when it airs, but on my stories currently, I've been calling something cycle gate <laughs> because everybody, <laughs> everybody's having these really, really weird periods right now. Either it's super late or it's super early, or they had two in one month or the cramping is out of control. The pain is out of control. Um, and there's been like this, this, for the first time, I've even felt really super comfortable just putting that on my Instagram because for so long, we've also been like kind of shamed about the things that deal with our womanly issues every month, issues, we even call them issues, even though yeah. <laughs> a gift or something, you know, so like we're swinging in and this might be a tangent, but like, go with me here. Um, we're swinging into this feminine energetic thing. So this morning I had this download that was like, um, as the earth shifts into a more feminine energetic, those of us who reside primarily in our masculine due to the past paradigm that has, has existed for so long, our bodies are activating and trying super duper hard to shift us with that energy so we can match that vibrational pattern. And so what we're seeing with our cycle is all this freak out and like, are we pregnant? Are we not, you know, like there's like people are having all kinds of symptoms. I had the most swollen boobs for almost two weeks. And I was like, Oh God, I'm pregnant. Like it's happening. I'm scared. So like not pregnant, (laughs) but there was just like, there's this collective, I got message after message after message of women being like, what the fuck is going on? And so there was this big massive shift with whatever the, like I looked at the planets and it's, there's some plan, they call it planet parade. Um, so all the planets align on the same side of the sun. This event, the last time it happened was 1982. The next time it'll happen is like 2162 or something like that. It's going to be a really long time before it happens again. So this big shift of whatever, whatever's happening in the astrology and the stars has been affecting women on a, on a very collective scale. Girls are talking about like, I'm super angry. And even for myself, who doesn't experience a lot of PMS or anything, I've been like, crazy emotional, like super emotional. And I feel it. And I'm like, this, this has never been something I've experienced before. So I don't know, maybe like you can chime in on that a little bit if you've been observing anything. Yeah. I feel like with my cycle, I've, I've learned to get really in touch with it. So when I found out I had Hashimoto's, it was because I 
could not understand why I was bleeding so much. I bleed so, so much all the time. Um, and so I have actually have a moon calendar where I color in the days that I bleed. And I've counted up this year. I've already bled like, oh man, what is it? Over 50 days of the year. And I'm what? like, oh my God. Yeah, you've been able to see it too, yeah. just like visually. I'm such a visual person. Um, I bleed a lot. I actually bleed around the new moon and the full moon, both almost all the time. But this past time was the big full moon uh, lunar eclipse. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was bleeding. But I actually had a really different experience. I've been trying really hard to surrender and to embrace it and like see it as this clearing that's happening. And it's been a hard time to like try to reprogram that in my brain. Cause you're right. We call it issue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're like our issues. Um, but I've, I've had more open conversations about it with my fiance. Even we've talked about my period way more than ever, just because <laughs> I wanted it to be like this more Normalized. open. Yeah. This more open thing. And to see that I've, done as much as I've done this year also while bleeding that much and all of the <clears throat> pain and the stuff that comes with it you're right yeah. the moods the the straight up just agonizing pain the tiredness my low yeah. back like sciatica all of it acts up during yeah. it but this past full moon I actually felt super empowered like really empowered and like stepping into more of this like divine feminine but a role of leadership more instead yeah. of like a supportive divine feminine feminine more of like this I can do this and I, I yeah it yeah. was kind of crazy I had a pretty good experience I did I did bleed during it and um had some cramping but like I just kind of let myself rest more and the more that I can like see it coming and allow it and rest with it it, it changes everything for me because that is being in the feminine. Those of us who are causing or trying to resist it are causing resistance. Like we're having a lot of like pain. I, for myself, because I was having all, all of these symptoms, I was, I was resting in the fact that like, oh shit, I might be pregnant. Like I'm really having to deal with that idea. Um, shit. You know, like, and getting into that space of being like, all right, like I've never even ever really entertained having children because I was too scared of like getting attached to the idea and what if I couldn't, couldn't or whatever, because I'm endometriosis pretty bad. And, um, a lot, my friend Shayla, she was telling me, um, looking through, I think Louise Hayes's book, you can heal your life. There's a part that talks about the different, um, issues, physical issues that we have. And so women who have a lot of menstrual, and I'm talking about the actual issues, not like the, the ordained part of it. Um, but that they're resisting their feminine, that they think that they're their femininity is gross or, or that this, this part of their themselves is disgusting. We had no idea we we're going to go in this direction, by the way. Um, I let spirit lead like wherever we're going to go in our discussion. So here we are. But, um, anyway, that, 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 that disowning of femininity, the disowning of self in a way. Um, and, and that's where a lot of our pain and our like dysfunction comes within our bodies where we're not in, in the vibration of being able to sit in that empowerment essentially and what our bodies can do yeah and I don't want to like throw too much shade but we are living in a quote-unquote like man's world where it comes down to it everything or at least in our society right now um in America specifically it feels very much like work 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 mm -hmm. like these are what you have to do and it's very much power through and I feel like this pandemic even is maybe helping us see how powerful it can begin to slow down I was just having a conversation with somebody about when pre-pandemic when you were sick you were encouraged to go to work still yeah. if you can please come in yeah and 
that shift now, if you're feeling anything at all, don't come in, don't come rest, in. take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. How big of a shift is that? Like, yeah, put your health first put and they're seeing that it affects other people. Well, even if it's not a contagious disease or infection, like your health and your mood and everything still affects other people and the energy yeah. up, up around you. Yeah. So I feel like that's a huge shift to this taking care of yourself mm -hmm. and, and putting your, your health first. Um, I don't know. It's kind of changing things, but I hate calling it a man's world or whatnot. But if you yeah. think about the way that Everybody things knows. go, yeah, the way that things go, that is how it is. Um, yeah. There's so that's so interesting. Cause I was just talking to somebody and I was like, you know how, like when, women, like someone just had a baby, they get a few weeks to get it together and then have to go back to work. Like when you're on your period and you're having these terrible cramps and I mean, minor contraction level, my doctor said, it's like you're having a baby every month. And I'm like, fuck, that's awesome. Thanks. Um, so like to be in that space of feeling like I have to still perform, I still have to go with a smile on my face. I still have to act like I'm okay. When we look at our narratives of like, when we're feeling moody, when we're having our hormones, like do all this stuff and people are like oh you know like if you are upset about anything oh you got your period are you kidding me like you know like like if anybody it's always the stigma that we're afraid to even be the fullness of all of our emotions be the fullness of expression of all of our pain i was throwing up this period like from the pain my sister throwing up like i had a whole bunch of people message me saying like i'm physically ill like throwing up purging because I'm so nauseous because my insides are literally squeezing themselves to, to death. Like, so if that's the case and we still have to perform, we still have to show up. We still have to go to certain jobs. Now in this pandemic, we don't have to, it's like, all you have to say is I have a little bit of a fever, stay at home, you know? So like to have that freedom, even a couple of days ago, I was so tired and I was feeling so, I was just, I was feeling awful. And I just allowed myself to sit on the couch and I felt guilty. And I was like, I should be doing something. I should be doing this or I could be getting this done. Like, and, and I'm like, no, like I have most of my stuff finished. Like, why, why can't I just sit here? Because my body energetically has been so in the masculine, so used to having to do all the time that rest feels unnatural to me, even when I'm in pain. Like that's just fucking bananas. And I was like, let me do a ritual <laughs> because then it felt like I was doing something, but I was doing it for myself. I feel that though. Our minds try to keep asking us like, do we deserve this rest? Is there something else you need to be doing? I struggle with that so much, especially because I have my own schedule, my own business. Like you get to set your own, your own work right. and you're like, am I resting too much? Am I doing <laughs> enough? And it's really hard to know. And there are no rules really of like how much you need to be doing. But I feel like we are programmed to this, like must work 40 hours a week, must. Yeah. 60. <laughs> Oh yeah, whatever it is, yeah. I definitely don't even track my hours, but it definitely <laughs> is just this like shifting from the do, do, do to the allowing and mm -hmm. trying to switch the right brain and the left brain. Yeah. And so how it comes to your cycle though, it, it kind of makes you have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to, it forces you to do so. And that's kind of something that men don't necessarily have is that like, we, we kind of get put on our on our asses for like, you know, close to a week. Some people have longer, some people have shorter. Um, so what are like, if you had any advice, like what are some things that women can do to, and even men, if they want to like try those practices, um, to practices that will bring us back into our feminine, like, what does that, what does that look like? Maybe that's something that you do for yourself, but. 
Um, honestly, I feel like the, the bathing, I come back to that every time, or even if you don't have a bath, like getting in the shower, like think about, like you literally take off all of your clothes. It's just you and your body. Um, I like to lay in the bath and, and watch my breath. And like, when you lay in the bathtub and you breathe, uh, you like literally see your body kind of float when you fill up with air and then you like sink back down and then you float and then you sink back down and it's really powerful. And then when you're, when you're in the shower too, or even if you're in the bath, um, any sort of ritual where you can touch your body. Um, like if you use lotion or scrub or oil or whatever it is, you can touch your body and, and acknowledge every single part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, get it, getting out of the mind is the, I think the biggest step. Um, and so this practice of touching your body, if it feels too out there for you to like tell each part you love it, <laughs> just try. <laughs> Yeah. Um, instead of being like, oh, my thighs, they're so big. What if you mm-hmm. were rubbing lotion on your thighs saying, thank you for carrying me so long. Thank mm-hmm. you for, you know, working so hard to move my entire body. Mm-hmm. Um, and just practicing tapping into the gratitude for this vessel instead of the mind of why it's not perfect and, and what it needs to be instead of what it is. I think that's really powerful, this ritual practice of, of loving your actual body, each piece of it. There's something Um, incredibly powerful with that, that you just said. I had a download a few years ago when I was trying to really tap into my intuition and tap into my gifts. And one of my guides told me and said, um, you, and I'm going to butcher it now. So eloquent when they say it, but (laughs) like, essentially like, um, you hating your body and you loving your intuition or loving the gifts that like we're trying to give you, they can't exist in the same body. And so in order for you to receive the gifts of the, you know, and be empowered and be psychic and be in all, you know, all those things, you got to actually love the vessel too. There's nowhere for this information to download when those vibrations cannot exist in the same. So like, I was like, shit. So it put me on this journey to really trying to dig into deeper self-love with my body specifically, getting myself grounded almost exactly what you said is what was downloaded to me. That ritual of like telling my body, I love it. Like, I love you. Thank you for, you know, whatever. And I haven't mastered that, but that's not something I've gotten super great at yet. Um, because in a lot of ways, a lot of women do feel like their bodies betrayed them in some kind of way. I can't lose weight. I can't this, I can't that, or I don't have this nose or, you know, whatever. And unfortunately in the vibration of the old paradigm, we've always been told we're not enough. We're too big. Um, you know, that these features are not this or that guys don't have the same stipulations on that. Not to say that guys don't have their own physical image struggles. They are there for sure. Um, but a lot of us are afraid to take up space. That was my narrative too, that my body was betraying me when I was having, uh, issues with my menstrual cycle. It was like, why would my body betray me like this? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, good. I was gonna say I feel like it comes down though to uh, like your mind is never in the present moment and so the moment that you bring it back to the present moment um, and different ways of doing that like tapping into your senses touching your body uh, that brings you back to the present and when you are in the here present and now that's when you can really integrate whatever it is your intuition is telling you mm-hmm. but you're right they can't they can't be separate yeah and if you your body it needs to be different you're not in the present if you're like oh in 10 10 pounds later I'll be this or you know I need to yeah. be running like you're still not in the this present moment right now can you be grateful for what you have mm-hmm. yeah and I think p- perhaps maybe that's what our cycle does for us in a way it forces us pain always always forces you to be present always 
<laughs> it's almost like I can't think about anything else because I'm in so much pain and it's like almost like a call in a way. Um, hopefully in some kind of way, you know, try, us trying to honor ourselves during that time. Um, there are some people for sure that like ritualize their menstrual cycle. Um, somebody on my, on my feed was like, yeah, like I, you know, this cycle was so weird. I didn't even have enough blood to do it for, use it for ritual. And I was like, I'm sorry, what, what do you, what are you doing with your menses that you're like, not, not to judge it. Like, I'm like, cool. Like, what do I, what do I need to learn? Um, seems like some really cool witchy practices, but to get back to ritual, like, um, you know, being in, being in the present, what does that look like? So, um, let's shift gears just a little bit and let's go a little bit deeper into, um, because like, I mean, I love that your, your company focuses on so many different aspects. Like you have meditation, you have crystal mining, which like we have a girl that I'm interviewing in a couple of weeks about just solely about crystals. So I don't want to like necessarily steal her thunder yet, but, um, you have, you have a lot of these really cool practices. Um, you know, people, when they decide that they want to go into ritual, if we go into even indigenous spaces, there's always like, they have a lot of ritual and ceremony around, um, certain practices, certain events, certain, um, you know, you know, rites of passage or whatever. So what are, in your, in your opinion, like, what are some things that I would guess I'm trying to like form the question, what seems like is what's worthy of ritual essentially. So like, for instance, um, you know, people use sage to clear a home. People use Palo Santo. I use Palo Santo to raise the vibration in my home before I do my meditations. Um, what are some practical ways that people can utilize that and when should they be doing so? I kind of throwing it back to what I said earlier. I feel like you can turn anything to a, into a ritual if you put the intention behind it. I do love burning Palo Santo as well. That's like mm -hmm. one thing that when I do it, because I do it when I meditate, then every time I like smell it, my body instantly is like, oh, it's time to drop in. Like uh -huh. it really is just like, it almost, I don't know if it's like that ringing the bell, like Pavlov thing where it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, tricks your brain into it. But even like washing your fruit or your vegetables when you're cooking, like you can turn that into a ritual where then you're uh, thanking your fruit or you're just thinking of how it's going to nourish your body. Mm -hmm. Um, but it really is a uh, person to person because what I say is my ritual, like somebody else, it could be going on a bike ride is like really real ritualistic to them. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it is just the intention being present with it and, and tapping into why you're doing it, the intention behind it. Um, personally, the new moon rituals have been the main thing I've been able to like keep as a practice mm -hmm. just because every month it doesn't fail there is a new moon coming yeah <laughs> but as far as like meditation goes I fall in and out of it so much mm -hmm. and I notice just getting ready for this podcast when I have something mm -hmm. where I have to like be present and and come forward my morning looked so different this morning and as I was doing it I was like why don't I do this every day yeah. I don't like need a podcast to like give myself this extra hour mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah. um that makes yeah, sense so I feel like I feel like it really is though person to person and then also trying to create the space in your life for the ritual. Um, because if you don't, if you don't put it in there, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Making space. That's a good one. So guys listening, <laughs> making space for yourself. It's like, I mean, it's like the power hour, right? Like people always kind of talk about getting up early to, to read or meditate or do something for yourself to start your day. Um, that can be where you start ritual. I do rituals before bed um, often before I go to sleep because I am a dream traveler. So I'm like, yo, I need to, <laughs> I 
I need to make sure that my mind is in a space where when, before I go to sleep that I'm not entertaining a lot of like clutter throughout my subconscious that day so I can get the messages and get the downloads that I want to get in order to do so. Um, so that's really interesting. I want to go to now more of the let's talk about all the herbs and stuff that you use in a lot of your products and whatnot that people can utilize for rituals. So we just talked about Sage and we talked about Palo Santo. So maybe for some people, this is the first episode they're ever hearing. Um, what is Sage and what does it do? We're going to go through like some of the main, the big ones that people use. Yeah. So these plants, they've been used for centuries by a lot of different cultures and I, I know that there's this big stigma around people coming in and using these plants. Um, I personally think they're gifts that we were given. And as long as you're honoring these gifts and you're using them in a very intentional way um, and knowing where they're sourced from, I think no matter who you are and what background you have, you should be able to utilize these gifts. That's always been my belief. Yeah. But they literally, Palo Santo literally cleanses the air. It's like a natural Lysol. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like scientifically, it cleans the air. Mm -hmm. um, I try to tell my fiance that he it has an aversion to it. He does not like the smell. It's one of our biggest. I love like, the smell. Are you serious? I know. Oh, man. I know. It drives me insane that we can't like come to terms with it. I have to like barter with him and be like, can I burn it once? Like he, he claims it like makes him sick to his stomach. So I hate that that's his reaction. Like I don't want to make him feel sick. You know what's um, interesting is that like I always feel like Palo Santo raises my vibration and makes me really heady. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm making that up, but like there's just something about that particular or not sage doesn't do the same. It's just Palo Santo that makes me feel high in a way. And so perhaps maybe his his it's it's a it's in disalignment with his vibration or I don't know. I mean that's what I think. I think maybe it throws him like it throws him a little bit energetically yeah. uh, because he's one of those people that um, he doesn't want to turn his brain off. Like if he's mm -hmm. on, he really doesn't want to slow down. And it, it's where we butt heads a lot mm -hmm. um, because I personally like love sinking into like this more slower, let's slow down, let's turn, let's meditate before bed. And he's scared if he turns it off, he won't be able to turn it back on. Um, um, and so I do feel like maybe you're right with this, with the Palo Santo specifically. It burns um, <laughs> And certain crystals that are like grounding, um, same thing. He has an aversion to them. Like one time I handed him hematite and he threw it across the room because he was like, really? that didn't feel right. Yeah. You see guys, <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, so I've been super sensitive with crystals um, forever. So when I pick up a rock, I can feel like kind of the energy behind it. Since I've been using Moldavite um, and like, I don't know, if, do you know what Moldavite is? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Moldavite is uh, for you. Is that on your neck right know. now? Is yeah. that on your heart? It, oh, is. <laughs> it is. I've been wearing it for like half a year. Um, so Moldavite's not a crystal, it's a tectite. And it is from um, a meteor that crashed like some 15 million years ago over in Molda, Molda or the Czech Republic now um, in this area. So they've mined it for a long time. It's, it's got rumors that it was a part of the Holy Grail and they, they put those stones on the chalice in order to drink from it and it made people more powerful, whatever. Anyway, this particular stone is supposed to accelerate your life purpose and like clear out a bunch of shit. So upon me getting the stone is when I came up with the podcast actually. So, and it came to me like 
that. And it was just, it was within like four days after receiving this stone, someone handed it to me and said, I think you need, I think you need this. I think this is for you. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And the crazier part is that I'm the crystal queen. So like for me not to have known about this already, I was like really surprised anyway. So because of that, like now that I've gotten attuned to its energy and frequency, the rest of the stones don't have any differentiation for me anymore. So I used to be able to feel the difference between rose quartz and amethyst because there was, it was, they were subtle, but because this vibrates so high, I don't necessarily feel those anymore. I've changed my orientation to the vibration. So now it's like, I can feel that they're, they're, they're real crystals, but I don't feel the, the differentiation between the two unless they vibrate as high as Moldavite does. I feel like Moldavite is one of those that like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I need to go get Moldavite. I always like warn yeah, people careful. like, uh, which sounds funny because you probably want it more for like, don't do it. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying, are you ready? Because it, I think it's a swift kick in the rear to yep. change and put yep. you on a different trajectory. And I feel like this podcast for you is like such like the fact that you can just sit and talk like your solo episodes they're insane. So for you to say that that <laughs> Moldavite is what, like I was listening today to one and I was like, oh my God, like her, this podcast is like, this is your, this like, is my thing. that's, yeah, like, and you found it. And so the fact that that Moldavite corresponds with it, but the fact that you're wearing it on your heart. So Moldavite, uh, some people experience Moldavite flush is what yes. they call with, it. Like I when you first well. get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've liked to tell people, people what that is. My, yeah, some people when you hold it or touch it, um, especially if it's near your heart, it can elevate your pulse and almost give you like a hot flash, mm-hmm. and it can feel a little bit intense. Um, my mom gave me a moldavite that she wire wrapped, and at first I put it on a mala or a necklace like around my heart, and it really was intense. And then I started, it was on a clip so I could move it. I moved it to a bracelet, and it felt a little bit. A little bit better for me, (laughs) but it is a very intense thing. And I actually let one of my girlfriends borrow it uh, during a yoga class. She was like, "I kind of want to see what it's about," and she put it on throughout this yoga class. And when we got out of this yoga class, she found out that her book was being published and that it was already uh, like listed to be a pre like number one on this seller. She writes like teen uh, teen novels, teen fiction, but it was nuts. Like I don't know. Yeah, it had anything to do with the Moldavite, but she came out of it and was like, that was the most transformative yoga class. And then she turned her phone on and was like, what the flip is happening with my life? And her life looks completely different. Yeah. And it will, (laughs) and it's so funny because the, 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 the stone itself. So I have, I have three of them and I, I've gotten in a weird habit of buying my friends Moldavite. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing that, but um, (laughs) there's, so I have this one that I keep with me when I'm doing my podcast it's a big one. And I got it when I was in New York. Um, it bit me. Like when I put it in my hand, you could feel like the, like the sensation of it, like, like a spark or something it felt like it poked me. And I was like, okay, this one's mine. Um, so I utilize this while I'm doing the podcast. So this is a part of my ritual when I'm in podcasts or energy sessions or whatever that I'm holding it or playing with it along with a Herkimer, um, which Herkimer is like a nice balancer for Moldavite. They pair really well together. Um, but I use that as my ritual before I do an energy session or something like that to gather in that energy. Um, but like, it's funny because I wear one on my neck and I have one in my hand. I have a third one that I gave to my dad because I'm like, you need some some juiciness to switch things here <laughs> for you. Um, and then I bought one for my boyfriend. So like, it's kind of this like, I'm, I'm like, ooh, are you ready for this vibration or not? But I only do it if people notice my necklace and they, they always comment on it like, oh, I, I want one of those. And I'm like, okay, you're ready. 
<laughs> yeah, I actually don't even sell them on the website. I've never listed them. Like, I don't feel like it's my place to yeah. just put it out there for just anybody, which sounds weird. But there are certain crystals that like, I won't list. And like, I have one in my cabinet. It's not mine. It's for whoever asks if I have Moldavite, then I will sell it to them. Do you have Moldavite? I might want it. <laughs> <laughs> I have one piece. Uh, it's like a little square. It's a little bit smaller than yours. It's probably like a third of that size. But I, yeah, I just don't feel like it's my place to list it. And there's certain crystals that are like that for me, certain minerals where I'm like, this one requires a really big amount of care and respect. And I don't know if I can just put it out there for just anybody to grab, which makes yeah. me crazy, but no, it yeah. doesn't. Cause actually this don't like, I went into a store. I felt, I felt drawn to this particular store. Um, and it's funny cause it, that day I'd had a big meditation as well, part of my ritual. Um, and so like, this is what, sorry, to bring this back to ritual. So people understand the connection. Um, cause I like themes, whatever is <laughs> <It's> because <laughs> that in these rituals, when you reset yourself and you allow yourself that time to be present and, and get into where you feel like there is some type of order to like whatever you're trying to com commit to, to the day, things seem to run smoother somehow. Like they, that I feel more complete somehow. And so anyway, so that I felt drawn to this particular store. It wasn't, it's, it, they have crystals in the store, but it's not a crystal store. And so I was like, I bet they have Moldavite. Walked into that store went in there and like asked for it. And the guy is like, it's, it's waiting here for you. Like he said it really like cryptic. And I was like, excuse me. He's like, it's waiting here for you. And I was like, what? And he's like, I only offer it to people who ask. So he had it in this like back drawer where it wasn't shown or anything like that. And I was like, this is crazy. What is this whole mystical world where people are like hiding this particular crystal or stone? And it's probably why I haven't done an episode about it yet so far. Um, but it's a part of my ritual, like this, this, this type of energy. And it took me a while to get used to the energy because it does make you feel really like heady and like, kind of like I started to have heart palpitations with the first one. Um, and then immediately got in tune to that energy. So I, like now it's really the only crystal I use. Yeah. That's crazy that he also didn't have it out. That's just like something like I didn't read that anywhere. Like that's just how I it's feel about it. It's a thing because <laughs> I've gone into other crystal stores and they're like, actually, we normally have some in the back, but we don't have them today or whatever. Like, so they're all kind of holding it away. Like, like they all have this, not everybody, but has this idea that this stone is super sacred. It it's also really rare too. And so whenever I get like red flags, like uh when I go to these gym shows, like there has been booths that have like four by four massive uh, tubs filled with Moldavite. I'm like, that's oh, fake glass. They're fake. For yeah. sure. Um, and it is something you have to watch out for. So if you are like, I'm ready for Moldavite, I want to buy it, like really go to a reputable source because that's one that it's not only pricey, yeah. uh, but it's also just like super duper rare. Yes. So there's, um, so really there's cheap, a, be wary. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a company um, on Instagram, Moldavite, the Moldavite family. Um, they have their, their, sourced out of Czech Republic and they have a, a I think a station. I think I actually met them at the gym show. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they yeah. have real Moldavite. As far as I can tell, I've ordered two of them, uh, two new ones for friends of mine and I felt them. I, they flush. Um, so I was like, okay, they're legit. <laughs> to yeah, be it almost feels them. like, yeah, it feels like the world's moving a little bit faster. I feel yeah. like it's like all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, we're on this planet. <laughs> it's spinning. <laughs> <laughs> we're in this bitch. Um, so, so it's kind of cool. So you have like, so the herbs, sorry, we got on the tangent. Um, so Palo Santo, sage, like we have crystals and stuff that we can utilize in our rituals. Um, Rose Court has a very like 
mushy, lovely, like soothing kind of vibration to it, as well as amethyst and quartz. Quartz has an amplification. Um, what are some other things that people can utilize in their rituals to help them get closer to spirit? Yeah, I feel like, so that's what, that's what crystals are for me. Like they are this uh, way to tap in. And when I meditate, I will put like four or five different ones in front of me. Or when I do like a podcast, like I picked out like five that I really like. I always hold my aquamarine. Oh, that's great. <laughs> during, yeah, during a podcast or anything where I have to talk. But um, like you said, like rose quartz is one that like taps you into the heart. Mm-hmm. And even if you're like, this is too woo woo, I can't get into this. Like, what are you guys talking about? Um, I always if you're saying like, that you shouldn't be on the show, but okay. Yeah, I doubt, I doubt you're listening. <laughs> I probably already turned it off. But if, if, uh, like whenever I try to talk to somebody who who isn't there yet or like doesn't see what I see in crystals, I remind them that any item can be turned into that sacred item that that taps you into. You don't need a crystal. Like say it's a wristwatch. Like when you put on that wristwatch, that's like a symbol of like, all right, I'm going to work. I'm professional or whatever it is for you, like whatever yeah. puts you together. And so the fact that the rose quartz is said to connect you to your heart, even if that's totally anecdotal and it's something about it when you touch it, you're, you tap into that, you tap into like, oh, this is, this is the heart. But that one for me is, it is such a loving stone. And my puppy, Roxy, that I just lost, she would have been 10 today. She would have been 10. So happy birthday, Roxy. But she loved rose quartz. I couldn't describe it. And whenever she wasn't feeling well, I would surround her in it. And about a week ago, I was meditating and I had my stones out and I had rose quartz in front of me. And I was holding on to different ones and then I decided to pick it up. And then I just got this overwhelming like sensation of like, oh my God, I miss Roxy. And the moment I like dropped in and really felt that all of a sudden, my other dog that was in the other room started licking my hands. It scared me so much that I jolted and almost dropped this rose quartz because all of a sudden Murphy was in front of me licking my hands at the exact moment. I feel like she tapped into it too. She wasn't in the room with me. She was sleeping with Bentley. No, that's right. um, I don't know why I want to tell that story, but I just really do. Like yeah. it, that, that moment like tapped me into my heart and it really moved this, this grief for me, which I'm, you know, grief is something totally new to me, but uh, it really helped move it. And, and I felt like Murphy felt that too. And it just felt like this big connection. Mm. I don't know, but that's what crystals are for me. They are this ritualistic thing that they hold the meaning that you put into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one I have like a, a different connection, a different story to, and like why I bring it to the room. Yeah. Um, but I feel like anything can be that. If, yeah. if you're somebody that connects to rocks and pieces of earth specifically, uh, you get it. You know what we're talking about. But maybe that for you is tea, maybe a certain kind of tea yeah. for you gets you there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love tea too. <laughs> and <Yeah>. coffee. <laughs> All the beverages. I have a um, cabinet full of tea. <laughs> yeah. It's also personal though. So when you're asking like what people can use, uh, really sit with it yourself. If you're, if you're like wanting me to tell you what to do, like what if you just started exploring mm-hmm. different options and see what feels really right for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. For me, it's tea. It's crystals. Okay. <laughs> it's taking baths. It is. It's, it's soaking so- in different oils. People, I think you need to like kind of really look at like what is it that you already do in your daily life that feels ritualistic for you? Because you said earlier, like when you put on a watch, it makes you feel professional. We do have those rituals of routines that make us feel a certain way. And so, like when we're getting ready for work, you know, like we put on our professional like button up or whatever, and that makes us feel a certain way. And so crystals can do the same way, scents can do the same way, tastes Mm -hmm. can do the same thing. So like it it is tapping into whatever makes you feel 
whatever the intention is that you put behind it, which I think was a, an important distinction you made earlier. Um, I'm trying to think now, like what other rituals do I have? Like, Even, I, I mean, so think about it. We all brush our teeth. Like yeah. how could you turn that into more of a ritualistic thing? Like that's like two minutes where you're sitting there in front of the mirror. Like yeah. what could you do differently in that moment? Yeah. And turn it into a ritual. Do you ever wonder why we sit in front of the mirror when we brush our teeth? <laughs> it feels right. Like it feels it like just, you have to be you right. You look at yourself and where you're going or whatever. But I was like, I could brush my teeth with my eyes closed. I've been doing this since I was three or, you know, by myself. So like, it's interesting though, like that, that we do that. Like we have these moments or whatever, when we do our hair or, you know, when we put on our makeup or something like that, that we can put intention behind that time that we're, we're doing something for ourselves in order to help us get into whatever role we're trying to get into. So for instance, at night, um, I will, you know, kind of like put candles on and put some good music on when I'm trying to create manifest stuff. You better believe I got some thick rituals for that shit, like <laughs> thick. And actually before I manifested the man who's in my life right now, um, I was sitting playing and actually we, it was right before we did our moon, new moon circle. Um, whenever that was, but I was sitting playing this song, it's called alley Oop. And it is such a beautiful song. Like, just look it up. It's by an artist named Dijon. And it's about um, something about like, can we get married or whatever? So I'm sitting in my apartment being super single at the moment. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm sitting in this, but I'm manifesting this person. And I turned on a bunch of Palo Santo, Sage, like uh, turned on some, um, my diffuser with the lavender, just all the scents essentially like on blast. And I sat in the living room and put that song on repeat, probably I don't know, for maybe an hour and a half. And I just danced in my living room as if I was dancing with this person and, and how, like how that felt, what, it, what energy that put me into the peace that I felt, the love that I felt, the, the, it just felt luxurious somehow. It was like just really beautiful moment. I was having by myself, you know, <laughs> and imagining like what it is I'm trying to call into my life. So I made that a ritual. Like I get up in the mornings and dance as well, like to get my body ready for the day. <laughs> um, but especially, um, that particular night I, I lit, I don't know. I have, I have a shit ton of candles too. So that's part of my ritual, but like I, I lit candles and put them all over the apartment in every room and opened all the windows. And I just danced I had made this like really special moment for myself and whatever it is that I was really trying to call in. And so it felt like, I don't know, it just, it just felt like I already had whatever it is I was trying to manifest. And so in that space, in that position of me really like digging into the juiciness of what that felt like, it didn't feel like I was without it. And maybe like, what was that a week and a half later that I brought, I, I drew, drew this person in. I'm like, shit, it works. <laughs> yes. I feel like one of my teachers, uh, Jana Romer, uh, she said this once and it really clicked for me. And I thought about this this morning. Uh, life is a nervous system game. If you think about it, like your nervous system is really like your experience of what's going on in your life. And sometimes it just plays things on repeat or it brings up something from the past and so for you to like recreate that nervous system and create that blueprint and tapping into like the feeling state, that's how you, you get into it. And so for when you were saying that, I was like over here cheering because that is exactly what you have to do. Like you have to feel it as if it's already real and, and create that new thing. Because how many things are just playing on repeat with your, with your nervous system? It's literally just like a record and play, a record and play every single day. Yeah. It's almost like this loop. And so when you do these rituals, I feel like that is like creating that new recording 
Mm. creating that new blueprint of how it feels because you can feel it like you can decide to feel that way so much of our lives we might feel like we're out of control of what our bodies are doing or how we feel but think of all of the things that our bodies are doing without us having to think about it digesting the food yeah doing doing all the stuff what if we could get more in tuned with that and feel into it like what if you like really felt your stomach digesting this food whatever it is I feel like it comes down to the feeling so when you were saying that it felt like it was already real I'm like fuck yes exactly it and I think that that was the the important part of that is that when I created that ritual it gave me that sensation of like okay I'm committing to this intention of what it means to be able to to sink into what this feels like so I'm creating the intention and the time and I'm, I'm putting the smells together. I'm putting the senses together, the visual, like I turned all the lights off and just had the, the candles going and the song that the, the song that made me feel emotionally rich, emotionally beautiful and emotionally loved and, and put those. I can't all- wait to hear this song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to listen to it. It just, it just put me in that space of like, oh, this, this feels this is what I want, you know? And so via ritual, vis-a-vis a ritual, um, I was able to create that intention and create that moment and create, and maybe that's what it's about, right? Like it, rituals are about creating a moment for the intention that you're trying to manifest, whether that be a feeling or an outcome or rest or, um, you know, a new action or something to come into your life. So like the importance of the way that, like, I love that you said tapes, like that you're pressing play and record. And so we have these tapes that we do that are still rituals. Like we can get up in the morning and go to work. Um, a ritual also could be like when we're, when we're complaining a lot, that's ritual for a lot of people. Like they get up mm-hmm. and then they try to, try to figure out what they complain about because that for them feels good. And they set time and intention behind what they're going to complain about today. And that then they manifest whatever it is that they're essentially ritualizing. So us becoming more intentional and attentive to what we're setting time aside for and creating, cause like you don't, you don't have to be necessarily um, cognizant of what rituals you have. Some mm-hmm. rituals are created for you. And so to be in that space of saying, I'm going to make a, a like a conscious intention to set space and time behind that that's all a ritual really is. And for me, like you said, I love that. Like you, you, you got grab your crystals, you grab your smells or whatever that makes you feel like in that moment, that is, you know, that's, that's that intention or that's a time, but like, it's not necessary. It's just that whatever it's, whatever feels good for you. Yeah. And I think what you just said about some rituals aren't created for you. Ooh, that's powerful because you're right. There's a lot of things that we have to do that might not be created for you. So the ones that you can do and the ones you can plan, I feel like that's why meditation is so powerful because um, this is another thing that my teacher Jana has said that has stuck with me. Uh, meditation is not this state of silence. It's a state mm-hmm. of observance. And mm-hmm. when something comes into your awareness, when you're meditating, when you're in that observing state, it's not there to like distract you or it's not there to like be like, oh no, I don't want to see that right now. It's a data clearing dump is what she says. Mm -hmm. So if something comes into your awareness, it's about letting that in and letting it go because if you don't, it is just going to keep repeating. So if you think of these meditations as more of like a giant data dump, Mm -hmm. like we are just these massive computers, if you think about it, Um, it's coming in to be like, do you want to keep this? Do you want to delete this? What do you Mm want to do with this? 
Um, and it's I think that, that's so that powerful. naggy thing that comes, I have one on my computer right now. Oh my God, okay, every, day, every day, every <laughs> day. Remind Get me off tomorrow. My computer. <laughs> Remind me tomorrow night, maybe tomorrow. Yes. It's like, I'm never going to do it. Um, but that's, that is what it is. Yeah. That, that's why I think meditation is a powerful ritual you can set. And I realized, I think I said at the beginning of this podcast, when I first felt these changes happening within me, I wanted to tell everyone about it. And I was probably pretty annoying just telling it. Have you tried meditation? Have you tried? Mm-hmm. I've decided instead or not decided, but just over time, I've realized how much more powerful it is to wait to be asked and to lead by example. And then it like really clicks with people. No one wants to be told what to do. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. the biggest proponent of that. Like, don't tell me what to do, but yeah. help me, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you can like embody it, especially for the loved ones that you want to help, because I think we all are just want to help people. If yeah. you can embody it more and do it yourself, and lead by this example, um, like really try the meditation for yourself first and see what it does for you. Yeah. 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 I don't know why I want to mention that, but I, really I love do. that. No, I love that. Cause I, I think I've told a lot of people too, like meditation is not about being silent, like, or like trying to like not think about anything. It's like, I told people actually think about everything you can think about until you can't think about mm-hmm. anything else. So you can actually clear whatever it is that's trying to get your attention. Yes. So that's my practice. I'll sit down and be like, oh shit, I have this grocery listing I got to do. Okay. And until I can get to a place where I don't have anything else to think about, I will, I will stay in meditation until that's all done. So you're right. Like it's a a huge data clearing. Uh, So before we go, like for the collective, if you can tap in for me, um, what's a message that you would like to share with everyone today? If you had one message to give them. That's powerful. (laughs) Um, I, I think that it's, it's during these uncertain times, I feel like things feel really uncertain right now. Yeah. Um, and I think when things do feel so uncertain, or at least that's how I'm feeling, uh, what you're doing in your own time is so very important. Think of the things that you can control, I guess not control exactly, but what can you do to support yourself and where are the places that you can reinforce good thoughts? Uh, I find that it's really easy for me to get wrapped up in fear mentality and get really scared that, oh my gosh, the rug's going to be pulled out from under me and everything's going to fall. And when I start thinking that way, I start manifesting bad things yeah. um, or not bad things, but I start, I start seeing it more. It's just like when you're driving down the street, you might not notice anything. Like say you're looking for a gas station, all you're going to see are gas stations. Right that same street, maybe you didn't realize there were like four ice cream shops or whatever it is. It's what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And so if you can keep remembering, think of what you want to see um, and tapping into that. And you're right. The ritual of doing it in the morning is huge. And I don't know why I have such an aversion to that. Uh, Like I said, this morning, I was really ritualistic and changed my day. And I want to try to carry that out. I want to keep practicing doing that, even when I don't have a podcast to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, but setting that intention for the day and, and deciding what it is that you want to tap into, because, uh, I know you listen to a lot of Alan Watts or you read a lot of Alan Watts mm-hmm. too. I think yeah. you said that, uh, this whole idea of like good and evil, like which one's going to win, uh, they exist because they both exist. Mm-hmm. So there's no getting rid of it. If yeah. they're sides of the same coin and without one, there is no other. Mm-hmm. So it's not really this like fight for one to win. Um, I don't know where I'm really going with this, but I just want to say like, yeah. can you sit with both and understand that it has to be a whole, both of these things need to exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
And really what you personally can do is, is really powerful and focusing on what you want to embody, what you want to, what you want to create and which side you want to stay on really, because Mm -hmm. they're both existing, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I think that's really important because we go into our day looking and saying like the world is trash, everything's gone to hell. And it's like, no, I mean, yes, it has, but (laughs) one side of the coin, there are so many awesome, wonderful things that are also happening at the same time. And if we are not getting into a place of intention to be able to see what gas station we want to go to, you know, uh, to use your analogy, then we will only see the other things that we're being directed. There are rituals that are taking place in our, in our world right now in our energy and the people, the people, um, I would say frequencies that are of lower vibration that are intentional, trying to bring your vibration down because high vibration is uncomfortable for them. So watching, I call them energy vampires, but like even the news, like the whole, whole point is to get you into fear, scary. So you'll keep watching because it is addictive. Um, so that way you can't see good in the world. You can't see those things. And it puts you in a, it puts you in a sickly type of state. Um, but there's no getting rid of it. It's just changing your own reality and being able to look at the other side of the coin and start seeing those things. So I appreciate that message. Um, Yeah. And it's, and I don't want it to be misconstrued for like spiritual bypassing of like, just love and light. That's all you have to focus on. That's definitely not what I'm saying, but I'm, yeah. Once you can agree that these things all exist, Mm -hmm. but it's really like for your well being, your day to day, what can you focus on? Yeah. Is more so what I'm saying. Not like just kill everything with love and light. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. We, we did talk about that toxic positivity. And it's like, this is, means the, the, the non-acknowledgement of the things yeah. that are going on. It's like, you can acknowledge those things, but you can choose to intend to, to go towards something else. Um, the toxicity yeah. comes from saying that it doesn't exist and gaslighting people for their experiences where yeah. they very much feel those things. So yeah, I get that. Definitely um, want to mention that, but I felt like you understood me. You no, I got it. you. I got you. Yeah. But like, you're right. Like some people might be like toxic positivity, toxic. Positivity. Um, okay. So can you please tell everybody um, about your offerings, what you have to offer and where they can find you? Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, I have bath products. I have body products. That was my very first passion of like, what do I want to put out into the world? Um, but I've since held mining retreats, which I really want to hold another one, but with the pandemic not happening anytime soon, where we like literally go dig crystals out of the earth, which is so powerful. I saw that done it. Go. <laughs> yes. Come to the next one. Uh, it is so powerful to be able to literally see how like you have a newfound respect for them when you're pulling them out of the earth mm-hmm. yourself. Um, but that is something I do. Obviously I, uh, rehome crystals. Um, I love sourcing and finding them and they really do speak to me. And yesterday I finally got to go in person again to do this, which is way better than like video shopping or doing anything like that. Um, for me personally, and I got to pick them out. So I rehome crystals. That's really fun. Um, I have guided meditations. They were for sale on my website. They're all free right now. I don't, I just want the world to be able to, to meditate. Um, right now, I think I have like four or five of them on there. Yeah. I host new moon circles, but fair warning, they are tiny. So if you are wanting to join them, uh, sign up for my newsletter so you can get in. Mm-hmm. And what else do I do? So much. I have my podcast. I've kind of put it on pause because I, I'm, I like to be face-to-face in person with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The world and, is changing. Yeah, but you can find me at Moon Body Soul moonbodysoul.com. Um, yeah, I just, I just love, I love all the things that get people into their feelings Mm. and get people to, to put their power back into their own hands, because I think that's really, really powerful. Um, 
I love Not this. all you asked me to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I love this conversation because like we didn't really have and, and guys, like you guys listen, like you know, I don't I usually have like a theme, but I don't I try to let spirit lead it. Like what does a collective need to hear and like what do we need to cover today? And try not to be so like I know where it's going to go. So I love that we talked about Moldavite. We talked about crystals. We talked about herbs and plants and baths and periods and all kinds of stuff today. Um, so thank you so, so, so much for your time and being on the show, guys. Uh, definitely check her out. All her links will be listed below. If you like this episode, please send it to a friend or someone that you love. And we appreciate your listening. We'll see you in the next episode. I'm so honored. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. interested in becoming a client for energy coaching, find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.